Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I love to dive into e-commerce stories. How are e-commerce brands growing in 2020? How are e-commerce brands navigating the pandemic and prepping for holiday and all of the crazy things that that go into running an e-commerce store? Hey, Brett Curry here. I've got an important question for you. Where will your next big idea come from? Where will your next big breakthrough come from? Or where will your next little tweak or little improvement come from? Have a suggestion. Check out our guides and resources at omgcommerce.com. Are you looking to enhance your YouTube ads game? We have two of the best YouTube ad resources that are completely free. Our YouTube ad examples and templates guide and our guide to getting authentic video customer testimonials. But it doesn't stop there. We also have guides on how to maximize sponsor brand video on Amazon and Amazon DSP and Google Shopping and a variety of other things. So get these free guides, give them to your team, even share them with your agency. Just take advantage of these resources and up your game. Let OMG Commerce help. And now, back to the show. My guest today is really a seasoned e-commerce dude. Uh, He is running a very successful company called Chester that we're going to talk about primarily on this show, but he's launched other successful e-commerce businesses, also a marketing wizard uh, at that. And so uh, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show, and I we prepped for this. I was going to try not to do it. I might butcher the last name. Thankfully, he's a, a gracious guy. But Kevin Urutia, 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 <laughs> Urutia. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. we prepped. We prepped and everything. Well, you know, what are you going to do with this this podcast yeah. host here? Uh, but Kevin, man, uh, great to have you on the show. Really excited to dive in and kind of hear your story, but. Um, Real quickly, before we talk about Chester and what it is, uh, tell everybody kind of where you're hailing from now as we record this and yeah. uh, give us kind of the you know, 30 to 90 second background on Kevin. Yeah, so like I said, my name is Kevin Rutia. So basically, I'm, I'm here in New York City, but I live in Brooklyn now. And my background is computer science. So growing up, I went to college in upstate New York in Binghamton. And then after graduation, I moved out to San Francisco I wanted to work in tech. I always wanted to do a startup. That was always like my dream or sort of what I read at the time. And for me, going to San Francisco was like the dream. So after college, I did it. I tell people like I moved to California without ever being being there. I went there like once for an interview for like two hours and I flew back the next day. And that was my whole California experience. But I knew I wanted to do it. And <laughs> yeah, like it was like, oh, like successfully scratch that itch or, or, or how did that how did that leave you? Oh, I loved it there. Like that was like, when I was there, I was like, wow, this is exactly everything that I read online and more. And it's like, for me, because I was living in Binghamton, upstate New York, it's like, no one knows tech or like computer science was more like, like computer science is like more of like the the algorithms, math, where I was wanting to do startups, which is more like front-end programming, databases, Ruby on Rails. That stuff isn't taught there. So like finding people that did that. Yeah. That was like a big thing right then. Yeah. I was was. all into that. Yeah. So that's sort of where for me, like finding people like that was very hard because most people are like, oh, I'm a programmer. I'm like, 
yes, I'm a programmer too, but like it's a there's there's different types of programmers. There's front end programs, back end programmers, and then what college teacher use more like the fundamentals of programming, which sure. is very different than making apps. Yeah. Um, so in college we were like making apps and stuff. So yeah, going to San Francisco was like the dream because like everybody there was doing that. And I moved there and I was working for mint.com and still attending, attending like hackathons, weekend events. And everywhere you would go, you would just find people like myself. I was like, oh, like people that just moved there. They're like, hey, we want to go to the startup Mecca. So that was really fun because you just met so many people that had the same mindset of, hey, we just moved there. I don't know anybody. Let's be friends. Let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah, that's um, awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, that was awesome. So like, I was like, I just met so many people. And, and even now looking back, like, I was talking to somebody yesterday and that was a referral from my, my boss. He's like, Oh, Kevin does marketing now. And he's like, Oh, I used to work in product marketing in San Francisco. Like we should, we're getting a drink next week to just talk about how San Francisco is versus New York. So it's like, yeah, yeah. all this stuff crazy. is crazy, but it's a small world. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge, yeah. uh, huge city, obviously. And, and tech is a big space, yeah. but it's also small at the same time. And, and the same with e-commerce yeah. as well. Like e-commerce is, kind of a yeah. small community in a small world, and, and, and so to speak. So did that did that experience then directly lead to e-commerce or did e-commerce kind of come later? So basically how, what happened was I was then working at another company called Zarly after Mint. And there I was doing a lot of the backend programming because at Mint, I was doing the front end. So I wanted to switch. I was like, okay, I want to do like backend because I think databases is fun. And at that time, I was like 23. I wanted to just do something different. Um, <clears throat> so while I was working at Zarly.com, I was noticing that um, I was there for about two years and I kind of wanted to go back home to New York City. And at that time, I was noticing what some of the companies were on the platform that were making money. And it was like home cleaning companies. When I say home cleaning companies, I mean like more like individual maids or cleaners. So then I was like, oh, like, wow, like I'm looking at some of the stuff there. And I was like, I'm seeing the issues as in like an individual cleaner just can't possibly take on more customers because you're just strapped by time. Sure. Like anybody, right? Yep. Time is the most yep. valuable resource. So when I was coming, so eventually I was like, hey guys, I really want to move back to New York. Back to New York. I was working remotely for like a month or two. And I told them, hey, like I really just want to do my own thing. And then I thought about the, the, the cleaning stuff. And I was like, oh, like what if I just make like a cleaning company? And at this time I was like kind of thinking about like traffic and SEO. And I was like, okay, like let me look up how much like cleaning services NYC gets. And I was like, oh, this gets like 2,000 searches a month. I was like, and I went to like, at that time I was like learning SEO because like, Previous before that, I was like trying to do different startups, and I was trying to figure out like how do I get. We'll traffic, come in right? later because so, you're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of cool SEO yeah. stuff for Chester yeah. that I want to dive into. So okay, cool. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was like learning SEO, and I was like looking at like all these tools, and I was like, oh, like I know that this business makes money because there are a few things that like back at the time I didn't really think about it, but now and I'm like, oh, that's actually a really good decision. Like most things, you just don't really realize it. Cleaning is a very recurring type of business where someone gets cleaning once. And then if you do a great job, you get it again and again. Like people, especially yeah. here in your city. lifetime where, customer value, lot, lots of repeat yeah. purchases if you take care of business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for me at that time, I didn't really think about it that much. But then like when we're looking at some of the data now, we're just like, whoa, like we have a lot of returning customers. It's been with us for two, three years. Like just because that loyalty is so great. And obviously with e-commerce, that's kind of what you're looking to do too. But yep. anyways, that's sort of how I started my first business that kind of like took off and obviously before this I had like 20, 30 different things that like I've done that have just like failed and it's like never seen a lot of day. And even between now to like Chester, um, I was, I was talking to my brother. We started like, we saw BarkBox and we started yeah. like, Oh, we should make one too. Right. And then we basically, <laughs> so we made something called dog subscription box. And then like, we basically were trying to figure out how BarkBox was trying to getting all the products. 
And we talked to a lot of local suppliers here in Brooklyn and in New York. And we got their box. We got like designed. We got the website up. And then we're just like, we invested like 5, 10K into the startup. And then we're just like, wow, the margins are really, really tough. Like, I think it needs to be like a massive scale to be a business. So we did that. And that's like, obviously we learned a ton, but that's sort of like kind of how I was like doing stuff for me. It's like, I look at, a, I look at companies out there like Barkbox. I was like, oh, like, what are they doing? Like, I can do something like that too. It's like pretty yeah. much like, I saw that for Chester too. Yeah. 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 I love and that. Then, and, I, and I think, I think yeah. that, that spirit uh, lives inside of most successful e-commerce uh, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs or just on, entrepreneurs in general, where they see something and they think I could either do that better or differently or something and yeah. not afraid to start something and fail, right? So you started something, you put five or $10,000 into that startup. It did not really gain traction or pay off for you directly, but you learned a lot and you're able to to roll those learnings into the next venture. I think that's a, a common trait of a good entrepreneur as well. Not, not paralyzed by this fear of making a mistake, but saying, hey, we're going to go in in on this with, with, you know, at least some kind of investment, we're going to learn, it's either going to work or if it doesn't, we're going to pivot. And so, so that's awesome. So let's talk about Chester. And I think there's lots of interesting things about this because it is a travel-based company, which, wow, what a time to be in the travel business. But uh, tell us what is Chester and what was the motivation or inspiration behind starting the company? So Chester is a travel company and we sell mostly luggages. So our first product was the carry-on, the one that you can take on with you in a plane and you don't have to pay a check a check fee. So that was the first product that we did. And we start, we were doing that product for a good two years, just selling that one size. And then and why did, why did you launch with just the, the carry-on? And I, I'm a you know, pre-pandemic, I was a fairly frequent mm-hmm. traveler, 12 or so times a year. Uh, love the carry-on, live on the carry-on, do not uh, yeah. check bags. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming you're probably targeting, you know, people like me as a target market, but yeah. why the, why the carry on? Why'd you start with that? So two things. One is similar to people like you where carry on was a big one that people wanted and, and people felt so, so much affinity to like their carry on where like you bring it with you everywhere. Um, it's with you all the time because you're doing these quick two, three day trips. And the second biggest reason why was that to get the molds for the other sizes was just too much money. We couldn't afford it. So we're just like... <laughs> strategic with the audience, yeah. strategic with, with manufacturing. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Great. So yes, that's really the big reason why. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, oh, so what was the, yeah, what was the motivation basically. behind doing it in the first place? So the reason behind Chester was similar to like, we're just like, we had experience with the Amazon FBA before we were selling like outdoor gear online. And we just saw that that space was just getting so crowded because for that product, I mean, there's so many like FBA businesses out there where you can go to like Alibaba, AliExpress and say, hey guys, I have this widget. Can you make it for me? Right. And then they're like, okay, great. Like what label do you want on it? Very simple to get the product made, which is great for new new businesses, new entrepreneurs. And that's how we started our first outdoor company after Maytailers, where we were doing that. We just like went to the factories and I've been to China like three times already to like the Canton Fair to meet suppliers because um, no matter what business or product you're doing, you can meet them and you get better prices and you can find different factories. Um, so <clears throat> I always tell people that's always a great thing to do, but the barrier to entry was so easy. Like you just like send them an image and they can make it. So we did that for a year. The company's still running. Um, We're like on the wire cutter, New York Times. Um, So then we wanted to do another e-commerce company. And then we just like saw those learnings from before. We're like, we're like, what's a product that's hard to make that just you, someone can't just go in and say, I can't want to make this. And for us, like we say, Hey, look, we have some capital. Let's find a product that's big. And also we don't see too much competition on Amazon yet. 
And that's where we came with Chester, where we saw luggages really being popular as like a D to C sort of thing, right? People selling it on direct to consumer, but no one was really selling it on Amazon. And we knew from experience that like Amazon was like 50% of sales in the USA. So all these like premium luggages were selling direct to consumers, but hey, you're missing a market of Amazon where people are actually looking for this product. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. So it was a combination of, yeah. No, go ahead. So for us, it was a combination of both of previous experience of knowing like, hey, we don't want to be copied so easily. But at the same time, we saw a gap with like all these new startups saying like, hey, we're too good for Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And so so did you launch on Amazon to begin with or did you launch on your own site and then pivot to Amazon? So we just launched on both platforms. So we were right. going to be using, um, yeah, we just we had our website. We did WooCommerce. Um, if you go to Chester Travels right now, it's a brand new website. Um, but if you look at the website, maybe for the past two years, we were using uh, like a stock theme, like a stock mm-hmm. e-commerce theme. And if you go to like the web archives, you can look at it. And like now it's so clean. Like, oh my God, the website's so good. But like for the past two years, we we're just like on a stock theme selling stuff online. Because like, I mean, you probably know, but it's like aesthetics are great and branding is great, but it's really about like, does your product solve an issue? And people are looking, people yep. are still yep. buying with an ugly site. Absolutely. Um, is the product... Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I love beautiful sites that are simple and easy to navigate and that they communicate the brand message. I mean, that is ideal. But ultimately, the product needs to be the hero. The product needs to be solving a problem. It needs to be uh, filling a, a gap or, yep. or a need. And if you if you do that, then yeah, a simple or even an ugly site can can yeah. work. And uh, and also, you just mentioned a tool that and I think probably there's a lot of people on the listening to the podcast that don't use. Web archives, right? Or it used to be called the Wayback Machine. Yeah, yeah. But most SEO people know web archives because we're always looking at it. But it's a way to kind of look at the history of a, of a site. It's fun to look at big national it's, sites too, like Amazon, and see how it's yeah. progressed over the years. But uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, all these tools, like for me, I'm just like, and the reason why I say this is because obviously we come from a marketing background too, where you look at a pretty site, people think of Chester and be like, oh my God, you guys are doing this for so long. But I'm like, no, this was just like three, four months ago. Like for the past two years, we have the ugly site, but that thing was still selling. But people think that this new pretty site is why we're selling. I'm like, no, like that's not the reason why. It's like, yep. Yep. it's a product, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think uh, that kind of underscores a point that, that hey, if you're just launching a, a brand new concept, new product, there's something to be said about an MVP, a, a minimum yeah. viable product. Like how do we communicate the message clearly and effectively we don't have to be perfect, but how, you know, how do we just get it out there? Um, which is what you guys did. So that, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, yeah. Then, then, then like going with Chester, it's like with this factory that we found for Chester, like similar to what I saying before for FBA was that this factory for us, we made custom CAD designs, custom molding, like our mold for our luggage was like 150K for just yeah. like that one size. So that's why for us, it was like, hey, like this is a great barrier entry where people just can't start because they need some sort of capital. And yep. Um, so that's how we did. And then another great thing that we had too at that time was that we knew the factory was like spoke all Chinese. So we had an, uh, we hired somebody to work with us and give them equity in the company to say, Hey, look, we want you to be our sourcing side because we can work with other factories, but this factory only speaks Chinese and we know they're good because we've seen the luggages they've made and we're just like, wow, like these are good. Um, I'm not sure if people know this too, but if you're looking for supplier or factory, especially when you're importing from the U.S., um, there's this like uh, billing or label where it comes in. So you can look at any factory, you can look at any company and see where they're importing from and then just reverse engineer their factory. It's, Interesting. Yeah. And so, then how do you, uh, where do you find that? So you just look up like um, Pangeva is a really big one. Um, so you basically, because remember like when you're importing something, the US needs to know 
where's it coming right. from, right? right. So it's, that's that's exactly what it is. It's like so US it's, it's searchable. You can you Google yeah. it and find where people are importing. Exactly, products. and that's exactly what we did for the luggages. Like, it's okay, who's making luggages? Obviously, you probably know the big brands, Samsonite, right. to me, right? So we're like, okay, where are these guys making their luggages from? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's so crazy. Uh, and so so uh, want to talk a little bit about marketing and differentiation and kind of your story. So, you know, I watched some some YouTube videos uh, from reviewers on, you know, your product versus Away luggage and things like that. Uh, and your product shows very favorably. It's also less expensive than some of the big brands and stuff. How do you guys, you know, so, so first of all, what makes Chester unique? And how do you guys communicate that uniqueness? Yeah, so uniqueness, there's a few things that's unique. Obviously, number one is going to be a pricing. Like, we just tell people like, hey, we know that we're going to be competing in this sort of price war between super high end and then super low end, right? So super low end being like the fact, the, the luggage that you see on like Chinatown or like the bodega is like 50 bucks that you use them for like a month or two and then they break down. And then there's like super high ones like Samsung and Tumi that cost like 1K plus. And then there's like the middle one where we're coming come in and saying like, hey, look, we're better than your cheaper ones, but also not expensive the other ones. And then we're about like 250, 260 price point. Um, that's really where we come in and that the biggest distinguishing factor. And of course, a big thing for us too is going to be the straps inside that sort of like compress your, your pressure clothing um, that we work with the factory to make. And then again, it's going to be the shell. So the shell is custom, the way we did it, the way we designed it, and the way the colors are. Um, really the big thing is to be the aesthetics looks of the luggage. That's a big thing. So, But number one, I always tell people like, I know it's going to be the price. Um, so we embrace that and say, hey, this is why you should buy us because we're cheaper, but the quality is almost as good as these $1,000 luggage that you're, you're seeing online. Great. So, yep. Yeah, love it. So you know, you know, we were talking uh, offline as we we're prepping that the travel is down. You know, travel is down. I, I know some airports, like the uh, got some friends in San Diego. I know the San Diego airport is like at sixty percent capacity right now. Other areas are less. You know, so it seems like even now that the lockdowns have have lifted in some parts of the country and some parts of the world, travel is still down, like forty percent to eighty percent, kind of depending on where you are. Um, so how are you? How are you navigating this? Like, what are you? What are you focusing on? What are you doing to drive sales now, or or are you focused on list building? Just talk, talk through how you're handling yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. So right now, kind of how we're handling. Basically, once sort of COVID really hit, like our sales, like I tell people all the time, like they like almost dropped, like on Amazon, on on Facebook, and also just like through our e-commerce website. That's so the last so, thing you're thinking about, right? As a consumer, you're wondering what's going to happen next. You're not buying luggage because you know yeah. you're not traveling anytime. You're not traveling at all. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like we basically knew that was coming. Of course, that sucked because we just have so much inventory that you need to do. But like, there's nothing. And you guys were gaining some momentum and like you know beautiful things yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of reviews on Amazon. Stuff is like we're like, oh wow, this is going to be like a really good year for us. And then that happened. So basically, at that time, still like I mentioned earlier, is like I was still like kind of we still did SEO. So right now we were still doing SEO back then, but now really what we're doing right now is just really doubling down on SEO, and that for us means obviously more content that we're using to rank for, but at the same time is obviously the other part of SEO, which is the link building. So doing guest posts, doing outreach, we're trying to, on average right now, we're trying to do between 20 to 30 new guest posts a month to get wow. like 20, 20 30 wow. links. Um, yeah. And that's sort of like what we're focused because we know that SEO is a long-term. So like, hey, if there's nothing we can do right now, might as well use everything we have, which is just time to rank. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we're, what we're doing, yeah. That's fantastic. I've talked to, to so many people so many smart e-commerce entrepreneurs that, you know, especially during the, the thick of the lockdown, uh, there, you know, there's some, some categories of e-commerce really saw a huge uptick in sales, increased demand because people couldn't shop in stores. Other sectors like 
high-end um, apparel or accessories or things like that really saw a dip. Obviously, we have a few clients in the travel space. Uh, that's you know potentially one of the hardest hit of all. Uh, but regardless, or we had some others who were doing really well, but they had inventory issues and they had yeah. to slow down, right? But they pivoted to something smart, right? Something that would have long-term benefit, right? Audience building. So we're building our email list. We're building our remarketing list. We're building our SMS list or like you, and I, and I don't talk to as many people that, that do what you're doing with SEO, but we're investing in SEO. And I love SEO. I've mentioned on the show a few times. It's yeah. kind of how I got my start in online marketing. I really don't do SEO anymore, but but still love SEO. You know it. It's fantastic. And and you know, I'm more of an ad guy now and I, there's huge benefits to both. But one of the things we always used to talk about is, you know, SEO is owning traffic where where uh, paid is renting traffic. I, I, that's not a perfect analogy, honestly, but because uh, Google sort of owns it all. <laughs> Yeah. But, but, uh, but anyway, investing in SEO, it's not something that's going to create an immediate return, but it will create a return down the road. And so I love what you're doing. I think it's going to pay huge dividends down the road and, and it already has. And so I uh, want to dig into to your strategy just a little bit as it pertains to SEO. I do recommend everybody go to chestertravel.com and just check out some of the articles and the blogs and some of the stuff that they're doing because it's really fantastic. I love the way you have you know, the, different, the different categories Listed, yeah. so you know, travel guides, travel tips, uh, carry on, you know, packing tips, all these things that are just really, really useful, right? And and so, um, talk a little bit about what you know. What is your overarching SEO strategy? Yep, and yeah, similar to what you said, like SEO. I, I still, I I'm a paid guy too now, but like SEO is, I I still think the best sort of form of traffic if yeah. you can master it. And it, there's like a, the thing too is like there's just like a different sort of skill set you learn that yep. helps with paid. Um, but anyways, back with like Chester, what we're really focusing on for Chester is just like answering these questions that people have related to travel. Um, the reason why is like, obviously, this is such a high intense sort of question, but it's bringing traffic to the website and also helps us build these sort of remarketing lists and an email list of new mark of new things. So for example, some of the stuff we write about are like, what are TSA approved luggage locks? How to find cheap flights in 2020? Um, other things are, we also really focus on do, do, do really smart luggages work, right? So people have all these questions. So we really like to answer these like do, how, what questions. And there's so many of these because people are just curious about things. So we try to rank for those things. And the next best thing that we try to rank for too is obviously you probably know is best of keywords. Best of keywords have such high intent. Yes. And, and they're just great because people are looking for a solution, a, pro, a solution to a problem right now. So for us, we like to rank for best carry-on luggage. And people always ask me like, oh, like, why would you write an article about yourself? I'm like, why wouldn't you write an article about yourself? Exactly, like, exactly. Like, and, and even though it seems counterintuitive, like, well, of course, it's your brand. You're going to say favorable things. Yeah. People will still consume that content. I saw yeah. a stat uh, it's from a few years ago now, but like 70% of shoppers are willing to learn about a product directly from a brand. This was a YouTube study, but... Yeah. If they're learning about a brand, they're willing to watch that brand's YouTube videos, even though obviously they, they know they're going to be biased. People yeah. are still willing to learn that way. The thing is like people are willing to learn. And also the thing I tell people too, you probably know too, is like you want to control that real estate yourself. If you sure. can rank for it, why sure. not? Why why let a competitor talk about badly about you? Yeah. And it's the yeah. same thing. It's like for me too, I always tell people like the second most searched term is your brand reviews. So you should have a slash reviews page on your website and sort of put all the best customer reviews that you have, because if not, you're going to get these third-party sites writing about you. So yeah. for me, yeah. it's all, yeah, I look at the search results as like a real estate. Like you're, you're, you want to get the top 10 places and you want to get the, the premium placements for yourself. 
Love it. And I, and I, and I really, you know, 100% agree with you on, on those uh, approaches, looking at reviews, looking at best of, you know, best and then whatever your, your category or your, spe- your specific product is. And one of the interesting things that I've seen recently, and this was in a, a think by Google study called navigating the messy middle. It's kind of about, you know, understanding the shopping journey and how messy it is yeah. and, and, and how to influence it. It's a great piece. I'll link to it in the show notes. But one of the things that it showed related to our topic here is that looking back to like the early 2000s to now, uh, it showed this graph of people searching for cheap and then fill in the blank on, on the product keyword and best. And uh, uh, in the early 2000s or whenever, like cheap really was more yeah. searches than best. And now they've kind of switched places, yep. right? So now there are more people searching for best fill in the yep. blank than they are cheap fill in the blank. And I think it's just consumer preference. Like we, we, um, you know, we want to find something that lasts. I think that like millennials yep. also kind of fall into that trend, like to rather buy fewer things, but better things. Um, yep. and, and so, yeah, so it's, it's really an interesting trend and you sound like you guys are capitalizing on that, which is great. Yeah, no. And I think so too, like, even if you're like, even, even though like, obviously like you said before, like one of the seconds, most search things like cheap, blah, blah, blah. Right. In your description, when you're saying you're the best, say, Hey, we might be the cheapest, and this is why, because we actually mm-hmm. last long. We actually have a warranty. Like, give your benefits. You actually, have to sell people, right? It's not just like a random story you're telling them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, I, I love what you guys are doing, even with like uh, you know TSA approved stuff, or or I think you even talked about you know you found something, uh, and I can't remember the specific, but related to a, a particular airline or whatever. And you're like, hey, we we can create a useful piece of content that can rank for that. How are you? How are you determining what keywords you want to rank for uh, because, you know, creating good, useful content that ranks isn't easy. So how do you determine what you're going to try to rank for? Yeah. So the best tool that I use is just like Ahrefs, Ahrefs.com, super expensive, but probably like my favorite SEO tool. Um, I used to use Moz back in the day, but it just totally went downhill. Um, But with Ahrefs, I just type in, I just type in like travel. And then with Ahrefs, what they have on the sidebar is like questions people ask. So then it's like, what, how, when, like these sort of things. And we were noticing that people were asking like, um, airbag, air, let's say like Air France, Air France baggage fees. Like what are the baggage fees for Air France? And we thought, oh, wow, this is like a really good question because it really pertains to our luggage a product because people, people are wondering how much to pay for luggage fees. We can say, hey, look, this is the luggage fees for Air France. And by the way, if you, get our, if you buy our Chester, you won't have to pay for these fees. Right. And then we right. sort of like inter, interlace that. And then basically we saw that and then we're saying, okay, there's Air France, but then we also were looking, okay, like let's look up now all the airlines. And obviously Wikipedia has all the airlines. So then you just sort of like make like a quick pivot table, say, okay, Air France, Delta, uh, Southwest. And then you put those into like Ahrefs again. And then you say, okay, then you sort by keyword volume. And then you say, okay, let's start from the ones that have the most volume and then send that to a writer. And then what you do with anything, it's like, you just have to make a brief. Right. I tell people like when you're hiring content writers, um, you can't just be like, hey, look and make this article because then you'll get different formats every time. Yep. You want to say this is this is the format you want, this is what you need, H1, H2, this is the table you need to get, this is the list items you need to put in. And then you you have a perfect brief. I tell people like just make the brief once, perfect, and then send it off. Like people were like, I've I've done it before too, where I'm just like, hey, make me an article. And then you're like, oh, this is not what I envisioned. And it's like you can piss <laughs> off at the writer, but it's yeah. actually your fault. Because <laughs> like yeah, you didn't exactly. Oh, exactly. No. Everything is your fault, right? You, 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 if you hire the wrong person, it was your fault for hiring them or you don't yeah. have a clear direction and that's your fault too. Uh, yeah. but uh, so so you know 
First step is identifying keywords. So what questions are people asking that they that they want answered? So identifying those. The next piece is creating content, right? And you know, back in the early days when I was first learning SEO, you could do some kind of yeah, yeah. uh, questionable things potentially. Yeah. You know, like content was not necessarily good content, was not necessarily king, it was just like amounts of content and backlinks, all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. Now you gotta create good stuff, you gotta create useful content or else it's just not gonna get any traction. So you're creating good stuff and, and part of that, you know, that starts with a, a product brief. Uh, but then what do you do from there, right? Because getting something to rank and getting some eyeballs for a, uh, hey, you know, what is a, what is a TSA approved lock? How do you then transfer that into sales of your luggage? Yeah, so getting that to rank is important because I think with anything ranking, it's, I tell people like, your homepage, I, I think for just ranking in general for SEO, your homepage probably has a ton of links because that's like a natural place yep. to link to. Yep. So make sure that you're at least, if you look up a list of articles you want to rank for, make sure that they're linked to from the homepage um, because you're, it's going to pass more link juice. But at the same time, um, making sure you're interlinking correctly and using sort of the keywords you want to rank for. So it's like you're looking for best luggage, make sure you're interlinking there. Um, but then how we sort of get customers from the articles is through, we have our Facebook, Facebook pixel on the pages. So we use that for remarketing um, to sort of show people the product that we have. And then another thing too, is that we also have a pop-up that comes up where we collect email for like 10% off your first sale. Um, so those are the two ways that we do it. And then another way too, that we do it sometimes is we sometimes enable like the online chat or like, or like uh, we use talk.to. And I tell people all the time, like any e-commerce brands, like having an online chat is so great because you can see the issues or problems people are having right now. And then it's a great sort of selling tool. So that's sort of so few ways that we do it. But um, yeah, because I think one of the things that prevents people from investing in SEO, investing the time and energy and, and money is they don't see the direct connection between SEO ranking and increased sales. And, and it, is, it is a longer game, just like getting your content to rank is a longer game. Getting sales from your organic content is also a longer game. But I think you nailed it. It's remarketing, right? So, so install that Facebook pixel. Also say your Google, Google uh, pixel as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, you remarket to people on Google search and YouTube and GDN and stuff. Um, have those pop-ups to, to, to capture someone that's, that's interested. And then, yeah, chat as well. That's, that's fantastic. Um, what was the tool you just mentioned? Talk.something? Talk.to. I, I like it. The reason why I like this chat is because I think I have multiple businesses. So then like you can have like one customer service rep on like many businesses from, from one platform versus like other ones where you have to have like different logins. So then, you know, one platform, I'm like Jennifer, other one, I'm Amy, but it's just Kevin answering them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, fantastic. So, so let's pivot a little bit. And, you know, at the time of this recording, it's, it's early August, but, you know, everybody's thinking about holiday and, and holiday prep. And I'm actually working on a, a webinar right now that we're doing with our Google reps on holiday prep and a big uh, blog post that I'm writing on, you know, five ways to dominate the cyber five. So stay tuned for those things. Uh, but, you know, one, I, we obviously don't know what's going to happen this holiday season, right? We can't predict what's going to happen with the virus, you know, like a week from now, let alone uh, a few months from now at the time of this recording. Uh, I think what is clear is that there will be increased shopping online, right? That's already happened. Like the lockdowns force people online and, and while stores are opening up, most online uh, purchasing that shifted or most purchases that shifted online, I think a lot of them are going to stay there. Uh, how are you guys thinking about the holidays? What are you doing to prep? And, and do you have any holiday predictions? Yeah. So for what we're doing right now is we're just kind of, we're going to be very conservative just because we have no, we don't have that many sales and right. we don't want to run in this risk of just having too much inventory. So yes. what we're doing right now is just kind of looking at like, 
the rolling like you know 180 days of what sold the best and then getting enough inventory for that because we still have a lot of inventory in our warehouse which kind of sucks um so the plan for that right now is to just get enough for the holidays where like if we sell out it's better because we're bootstrapped so we don't really care i mean obviously it sucks if you sell out but we just don't see it at least for me i don't see it getting any better so and but I, but obviously you know people are still going to buy gifts and products sure. for their friends or family um sure. so that's what we're doing there and then another I think there may, you may find that there's a and, and i think that approach makes total sense i'm wondering if by like december people are going to be saying okay we're still not traveling now but yeah. Sometime in 2021, we're going to travel. And, you know, my husband, yeah. spouse, whoever, friend really wants some cool yeah. luggage and this is the luggage for them. I hope so. So, so I think that's going to help. But yeah, it still won't be normal. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's it. Yeah, because then like, so for us too, we're, just, we're going to be also making like gift guide landing pages where it's like, get this for her, get this for him. And, but yeah, yeah those, those have always worked well. Um, where it, So that's another thing that we're working on too. So we're using them like on bounce. Um, so those work well. And then another thing too that we're doing is is we do a lot of influencer marketing too during like just like in general. So we're gonna kickstart that up again. And how, yeah, and how we do it, I think I told you about how we do it is that obviously when people buy your product, sometimes they just don't like it, so they return it. So we have a lot of these like returns in the warehouse. So instead of throwing it out because it's a nice luggage, um, we just tell influencers, hey, look, we're gonna get you a slightly slightly used luggage, and we just clean it up a little bit and then send it to that one. That way, we don't have to send them a new product, and we we don't have to throw in a, a pretty good product that's just like maybe they just didn't like the color, right? So that's a way to utilize your resources, um, and that's how we do it. I, I love that, and really for an influencer, especially if you, you yeah. sell really nice quality yeah. luggage. If someone just got it and barely used it or didn't use it at all, like that still feels yeah. like a very new gift. And so, so yeah, can can you uh, give just a, a couple? We'll kind of make this our last topic. A couple of tips or suggestions for influencer marketing, and, and I love that approach. Yeah. Use your returns as gifts for influencers. Uh, what else? What are the tips you have for influencer marketing? Other tips are, yeah, other tips for that too is like because our luggage is like starts at 200, it already feels like expensive product. So a lot of these influencers just don't need money. Where like if you have a cheaper product that's like 20, 30 bucks, they're just like, uh, like the product's worth nothing. So then they want more money. So for us, like right. our leverage is that it costs money. Yes. Um, so then we say, hey, look, our product's 200 bucks already. Like you're going to get this $200 product for free. I don't think we need to pay you. And that sort of like works with them. Um, so we got like Kate Bach to get. A, a luggage from us and really people always ask us like oh what's your strategy I tell people like it's just like outreach you just <laughs> it's the numbers game <laughs> like you just yeah. like there's no yeah it's like we literally say hey like do you want let's go like literally a message is like a sentence like hey let's get you traveling with Chester and then that's it and say okay great I love the luggage and the, but the thing too here is you have to have a really good Instagram account at least the your account that you people, the influencers see because they don't want to be promoting stuff that looks bad. So yeah. for us, we curate. That, that reflects poorly on them, right? They, yeah. they've, they've got great Instagram game. They're not going to link to a, a company that, that's just getting started. Yeah. And exactly. Like for us, like on our Instagram, we just, if you look at it right now, it's just called Chester Travels, but we pro, we post like the influencers content. We post really good track travel, people traveling with their luggages. Um, yeah, like I said before, they want to look good too. So having a great Instagram account uh, makes your outreach better. And it's one of those things where it's like, you can't measure it, 
but you think it helps. And I, and I, and I think it does because it's like, when you look at it, it looks like, oh, wow, this is a really cool brand. It's a premium brand. Um, and you've seen Instagram accounts yourself and you're like, oh, this looks bad. Like, right, right. So. Yeah. Influencers are going to be hypersensitive to that. They want to yeah. promote something that looks cool. And uh, I really love what we said there. I, I think just like we kind of talked about this in the beginning where, you know, you're, you're launching a new venture, a new product, uh, certainly you want to be strategic about it. You want to think about it, but sometimes just doing it, like just going yeah. for it, you're going to learn. And I think the same can be said about influencer marketing. I think there's a lot of people listening to this podcast are saying, well, I've got to get all my ducks in a row and I've got to have this plan and that plan and all these things together for influencer marketing. And sometimes it's just like, well, why don't you just ask? Why don't you just yeah. reach out to somebody, one liner ask, but make it cool and interesting and give them a product and... And just yeah. do it. And, yeah. and sometimes that's all you got to do, right? Like that's, 90%, what was the Woody Allen quote? The 90% of success is just showing up. Right? That just really is, yeah. It. That's exactly, I, I believe that I'm like everything. People always ask me like, how'd you do it? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know nothing about tra- luggages. I researched it and just like, let me go figure it out. Like, I have no clue what these wheels are, what, what the sizes of it. Like we have to learn all this mechanics of like, what's international travel luggage? What's domestic travel? It's like, if you think about it sometimes, you just get overwhelmed and then you just, it's like analysis paralysis. Okay, let's just do it. Do the next thing. Just got to do yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people think, hey, I can't start a luggage company because I'm not, you know, a 30 year veteran of the yeah. luggage industry or, you know, my, my family wasn't in the, you know, luggage making business or whatever. And that, that none, none of that is true, right? None of that is true. Nothing. No, it's, I, I've literally, I didn't even travel that much until I started doing Chester. <laughs> That's, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Cool, man. Well, this has been uh, a ton of fun and super enlightening. And so share with us, you know, how can people connect with you? Cause you're, you're a marketing dude too. You got an agency, uh, got the business going. So, so one, how can people, learn more about Chester. And I do recommend you go there, look at some of their content, you know, get on their list, like follow, follow this company because they're doing a lot of things well. So talk about that first. And then how can people connect with you and, and the agency as well? Yeah. So that's ChesterTravels.com or just like Google Chester Luggages. You'll find us on YouTube and you know, obviously Google. Um, if you want to connect with me, just go to Kev. You can email me just Kevin at Voymedia.com or just Voymedia.com. That's like my agency. We do yeah, Facebook. And that's V-O-Y-V-O-Y-Media.com. Yeah. So Kevin at Voymedia.com. Awesome. Perfect. Kevin, bring in the A game, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. Really appreciate you taking the time and, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. I had fun. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. What topics would you like us to dive into on the show? Also, if you've been holding out, if you've not given us a review on iTunes, recommend you do that, right? That's how other people find the show. It would make my day as well if you left a review. You'll feel better about yourself if you do it as well. So leave that review on iTunes. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides 
and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.